Tonight on Hops and Box Office Flops, I love sitting in this chair with the mic in my hand, staring at a couple of old guys like myself, holding some cold ones, knowing they can't touch my knowledge about testosterone-fueled action movies. It's the only place in the world that I feel powerful. Glass bottles are terrible. Why do you think God invented aluminum? Hops and box office flops. A place where we can celebrate the underdog films, the bombs, the disasters, the much maligned movies that have drowned in their infamy. So please sit back, grab a beer, and enjoy the show. And welcome back. This is our 217th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops. We are the internet's premier podcast for bad movies and mostly good beer. Tonight, we kick off our look at romantic comedies that failed to break the bank, or bombcoms as we like to call them, with 2001's Affront to America's Pastime. Masturbation? Maybe for you, but in this case, baseball, with Summer Catch. I am your underachieving host with a habit of imploding on the mound. Are you sure we're not talking about masturbation? Okay, so that works both ways. Guilty. <laughs> I'm the I'm the Thunderous Wizard, and along with me tonight for this old ball game are the pods over the aggressive player host, Captain Cash. I'm I am definitely not masturbating currently. Uh, so there's that. Something something about a cucumber. <laughs> yeah, hand me the cucumber. <laughs> and we've also got. The guy who loves getting drunk at the bar and talking about his glory days, Bling Blake. Excuse me. I'm tired of living a lie. I need it known that I like a big girl. Hey, they need love too. I like fat women and they like me. (laughs) If there's only more of you to go around. (laughs) So there was more of me. More of you to love. Yep. Uh, So points of order, you can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Hops and Flops. Summer Catch is available to rent across platforms for $2.99. Us renting it for this episode accounted for one-tenth of its earnings. I am so mad I had to pay money to see this. That's if anything, goes worth every penny. I If I meet Freddie Prince Jr., I'm going to demand $3 from him. He seems like a nice guy. He might. Just I think give he'd give it to, it to me. <laughs> oh, like, I think. I, oh, I, you thought? Yeah. All right. Yeah, I hundred percent think he'd give it to you. Now let's talk beer. Uh, tonight we're drinking New Grist Pilsner style beer from Lakefront Brewery, which is located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. This is a gluten-free beer with a Captain Cash disapproved five point zero percent ABV. Boo, cowards! I basically chose it because if you look at the can, it's the moon chewing on a stalk of wheat, which is what I assume John McGinley's character is doing in all his spare time when he's not on screen in this movie. He just kind of rises out of the field. It's like, you know, it's like a field of dreams. He just rises out of whatever baseball field. Are you chewing on a... Kids I'm got sorry. Home, I'll tell you. Kids Are you confusing home. field of dreams with the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown? I'm, well, I'm saying that is what John C. McGinty's character is in this. He's like the, the, gr- the great pumpkin. He's the great pumpkin, but you know, as a as a baseball scout, as a baseball, he's scout. the great scout, Charlie Brown. That's that's a man that should always be in suspenders. 
honestly, they work for him. I got to give it to him. He he wears him as the Bob in uh, in Office yeah, yeah. Space too. Yeah. Well, no, that can't. Compare, he doesn't wear him suspenders. in Scrubs. I don't think. I don't I'd have to go so. back and look. Nobody well, that wears, can't be right. I just clocked him at ninety five. I clocked <laughs> him at ninety six. Uh, that was Hank Aaron, by the that way. That was Hank Aaron, yeah. Don't just like give it like, some old man voice. Like that was Hank Aaron. Uh, who the director, uh, Mike Tolan, did a did a movie about as well. But uh uh New Grist is a pretty harmless uh gluten-free beer. I've had it for years. I'd give it three bad movies. Um, but it is a Pilsner, so if you're not huge on Pilsners, probably not your thing. Hey, you gotta um, know what you're signing up for there. Yeah. So as I mentioned, Summer Catch, directed by Mike Tolan. Uh, he's produced more than 100 films, including other sports films like Chuck, which is about Chuck Wepner. Uh, he was a boxer that famously fought Muhammad Ali and also famously was the person Rocky was essentially based on. Uh, he did Coach Carter as well uh, as a producer. As a director, I guess he's probably most notable for doing the 30 for 30 about the USFL, Small Potatoes where they chronicle the role Asbag Trump had in bankrupting the league in the 80s. That sounds about right. That tracks. Ruining uh, ruining fun again, I see. Yeah. Thank God he didn't buy the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Summer Catch stars Freddie Fred Prince Jr. as Ryan Dunn. Jessica Seventh Heaven Beale as Tenley Parrish. Tenley. That's not a real... I, that was It's because she's a 10, right? That's the... I mean... It's got to be a play on words, right? She must just, be from Tennessee. <laughs> she's, hey, she's not from Tennessee. She's a Shaw Road princess. Uh, oh, coincidentally, wait, do, do, do we get to do all of our Boston accents on this? Oh, we got like three guys first, in this. First of all, it's not Boston. Okay, you're out of the Cape. Yeah, it's, it's, a bit it's technically the it's the Cape. Uh, <laughs> but I I did want to. I didn't have it in my lingering questions, but. I think we're all in agreement, right? This has to be the worst accent movie we've had. This surpasses all other bad accents. Only because but, everybody just slips in and out of them at will. And it's really just Fred and uh, and Freddie that do it. I guess his friends do a little bit. But Oh, yeah. his friends do. Yeah, it's, his buddies are the main ones doing it. I uh, feel like. As you guys they said keep to it me the entire time. Yes, before exactly. this pod, you said, we matter. We matter, wizard. Uh, the accents are so bad uh we've also got uh fred remo williams ward as sean dunn rest in peace matthew shaggy lillard as billy brubaker do you think this this is where they met shaggy and fred so freddie prince jr and matthew lillard because well they they were we do is next year they were in movies before this and i have a Uh, trivia question about that okay uh You've got Brian Teasel Dennehy as manager John Schiffner, Jason Raynard Waits Gedrick as Mike Dunn, Brittany Ty Murphy as Dee Dee Mulligan. Well, rest in peace on that one, too. Yeah. Dang. And Bruce Senator Kelly Davison as Rand Parrish, aka snobby rich piece of shit. Always gotta have one in a movie like this. Yeah, and it's it's usually the dad. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh, additional Chatamays include Wilmer Valderrama and Mark Blucas, who, as I told Bling Blake right before we started the pod, played basketball at Wake Forest with Tim Duncan. He's so uh, there. You go, Miles Dalrymple, the uh, man who enjoys a fully developed uh, woman. Captain Cash, t- Tim Duncan is a basketball player. Got it. 
That's the big orange one. Yeah, this is baseball though. So with the, with the goal unit up in the air. Oh, yes. yep. Right. Uh-huh. Not a touchdown though. Not a touchdown. So okay, we're kicking off uh, bomb comms with a bang because this is truly a bomb. It grossed nineteen point seven million on a budget projected to be between seventeen and thirty four million. Uh, its reviews were scathing bludgeoning it with a wood bat to a paltry 8% on Rotten Tomatoes with 91 reviews and a dismal 21 on Metacritic. Uh, I guess Freddie Prince Jr. fans must have review bombed this thing because somehow it has a user score of 41% on Rotten Tomatoes. I, I somehow. Like, yeah, I mean, 8% seems harsh. This isn't, this is not a good movie by any stretch of the imagination, but it, it is immediately it's, forgettable. It's very What did bad. you think you were going to get when you went to go watch a Freddie Prince Jr. baseball movie in 1990-whatever? No, 2001. It was, it was 2001, but it I'm felt sorry. like 1993. Uh, can we just stop for a minute and reflect that in the final scene of this movie, Jessica Biel's character says, let's be together. I believe the final scene of this movie is Ken Griffey Jr. hitting a home run at Synergy Field. I, that is true. Yeah, I mean, the only one he hit, too. So Get the fuck Ooh. out of here. <laughs> <laughs> if you bring up that broken bobblehead, oh, I'll tell you. Man. Broken, <laughs> broken Ken Griffey bobblehead was so symbolic of his time as a Red. <laughs> so anyways, in this movie's opening weekend in August of 2001, it finished sixth. So, yeah. Not yike, not great. Do we know what it failed against? Well, I have a trivia. I have like a trivia. X-Men was deaf. Well, no, it would have been X-Men, right? I do have a trivia question about that. Oh, okay. So, All right. Yeah. yeah. We'll hold uh, it. So, how would you describe this movie in one sentence? Bling Blake, the softest of hearts of this pod. How would you describe this really heartwarming film in one sentence? Bull Durham, only it's a cheap 90s comedy. Yes, Captain Cash. This is the most 2001 movie you can possibly watch. Yeah, uh, I would just say, hey, it's like every other Freddie Prince Jr. movie. Only this time there's baseball. There's baseball. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. What's the one where he's the soccer star? Isn't that she's all that? She's all that. He's the captain of the soccer team, which we did yeah. on this pod. So, But he uh, was in high school then. Yeah, and, and yeah, she had glasses. Different. Yeah, which is just she so was terrible. a nerd because she had glasses. She had like, glasses, like and overalls. Yeah. So painters. So let's get into the uh, the plot of this film. And uh, what plot? I, 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 I come on, to... there's a plot, sort of. <laughs> I it's very paint by numbers, but it's there because there's a lot to discuss in this movie. But anyways, it all revolves around Ryan Dunn, a local Cape Cod kid who has dropped out of college and in that, and is now preparing to join the Cape Cod Baseball League, which is a real baseball league. And, of course, you know, being from the town, he's always getting, hanging out with his old buddies. And the night before the first practice, they get him drunk and he has sex with Brittany Murphy on the pitcher's mound, which is like, hey, man, if this guy's trying to get his shit together, is this the step we take before practice number one? <laughs> I mean, very, very helpful friends. I just, yeah, you know, I mean, is that the best for his baseball career? No, but let's not like, you know, it's Brittany Murphy. I yeah, mean, that, we, that's we the should. point. I, nobody's going to say no to 2001 Brittany Murphy. 
I, I gotta I gotta say her signature everybody move out in this movie is to put a beer between her knees and, and make you kind of like chug it. But is it really that attractive to just have a beer poured on your face? <laughs> because none some, of it is from going somebody's in. crotch. Yeah. It's like I guess that that depends from from Bling Blake's perspective. Is it a larger woman? Because I think he could be into that. We do know that Bling Blake likes a certain kind of showers. Golden yeah. Cold? I, I don't. You know, I would say hot with clear water. Hot didn't help. <laughs> I was say here. So, aside from this really terrible introduction to his new team, we meet the rest of the gang. You've got Billy Brubaker, this up and coming catcher from USC. You've got uh, Van Lemer, who's this hotshot pitcher who decided not to sign his $2 million contract with the Dodgers to, I guess, impress them to get more money. You've got Domo, who's this young kid who's living with a super horny Beverly D'Angelo as his family host. How are you doing, Mrs. Griswold? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> You've got Miles well, Dalrymple. Clark have to fantasize about anything. Yeah. You've got Miles Dalrymple, who likes the heavier women, uh, and, you know, a host of others. And essentially, this movie is all about done trying to find his way and not basically re-implode because his mom died which prompted him to drop out of college and also go on some sort of epic bender his dad is sort of drunk but then later a nice guy his brother's kind of an asshole throughout the whole movie and that the whole the whole belief is that Dunn will screw it up and wind up working at his dad's landscaping company but as part of that job, he does meet Tenley Parrish. The two quickly form a bond and decide they should go out. There's only one problem. Ryan Dunn's poor, and Tenley Parrish's dad hates poor people. As your typical rich individual, yeah. he hates the poor. He's from the wrong side of the tracks. They're Shore Road family. Okay, you stay with your own kind. In fact, he insists that Ryan's dad should not park in their driveway for fear of the neighbors seeing such a disgusting, unsightly vehicle. Got to use a service service driveway. That's why you have them. So, as I said, they quickly form a bond. They like each other. But a wrench is thrown in because she's at war with her father. Her father wants her to take a job in San Francisco for her uncle. This guy's no good for her. She should marry this loser that he likes who also plays golf. A rich man's sport. So, in any event, Ryan Dunn, who does at one point implode after discovering that Tenley is hanging out with her ex-boyfriend who her dad had invited to town without her knowledge, he loses it on the mound, winds up in the bullpen. Shit is going south for him. There's a lot of sobby-sobby exchanges between him and Tenley, him and his friends. We mad at Ryan! We mad at we every game, Ryan. Get the car. No, I just it's so it feels very like I'm gonna make dad mad by dating the ball player. And it's just kind of like I Ryan, do you want to put all your eggs in this this Jessica Beale shaped basket? Have you seen Jessica Beale? You I know mean, what? Honestly, fair. The second the second it left my mouth, I was like, you know what though? Like, yes. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. Yeah, no, we're, we're good. Sometimes, listen, I dare to be great by hooking up with Jessica Beale versus baseball. Eh, that's fair. Mm-hmm. He's, he's not going to do better. 
But I mean, 2001 Freddie Prince Jr. was basically at the height of his powers. She is also at the peak of her powers. And no, to his defense, she's very attractive in this movie. To his defense, but like 2005, yeah, she played Trinity was peak. (laughs) She straight up tells him, like, I just needed something to do for the summer and I didn't want to date this guy anymore because he kind of sucks. So he's like, so he gets like the she's all that. I'm your pity rebound in that moment. I'm your like, rebound. I was just a bet. It was just a stupid bet. <laughs> yeah. How's it feel, Fred? Yeah, sure not real enough. nice, is it? Yeah. So then he winds up getting kicked to the bullpen because he implodes against Hyannis Port. And he's like, hey, come meet me after the game. They're talking. He tells you, you got to go to San Francisco. I'm no good for you. And Van Lemer and uh, the guy from Leverage, who I don't even bother, I think his name is Craig or something, but he's buddies with the hotshot pitcher. They set the snack shack on fire. That gets him kicked off the team and guess who's got the freshest arm because in this movie you only have one bullpen pitcher and every pitcher pitches nine innings. Well, it's Ryan Dunn and he's going to pitch the big playoff game. She tells him, don't be afraid to be great. And that's Which like is her last real words. rich person nonsense, if yeah. you ask me. Because she's leaving. She's going to San Francisco. And he's like, you know what? Now I've got nothing to lose. He goes out. He's on the verge of a no-hitter. There's two outs to go. Tenley shows up. He sees her. She leaves. She's headed to the airport. By the way, a private airport. She's going to ride like a friggin' Cessna to San Francisco. It's so absurd. Uh, and he calls Brew Baker to the mound for a meeting of the minds. He said, I love her. And he's like, cool, man. He's like, you don't understand. I've got to leave. I got to, I got to go get her. And he's like, go, dude. And I mean, at this point, my wife looks they at are me. Very supportive of him. It's kind of wholesome. In that my, sense, my wife looks at me dead in the face. She goes, he's going to leave. He's two outs away from a no hitter. I said, oh, he's leaving. She goes, I just feel so icky right now. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Oh, but, when, but when Robin Williams had to go see about a girl, everybody thinks it's a uh, best picture. Listen, that's <laughs> well, that was a good movie, though. You have to remember. <laughs> oh, because because accents are better. It's bullshit. They're certainly uh, listen, better. Certainly better. If, if they kept consistent Boston accent, I would have had a better time. I'm just, it would have been more fun. I got to tell you, and this is true. When a different studio owned this movie, guess who was attached to star in it? Damon? Affleck. Uh-huh. Affleck and Damon. Ah! Something tells me. They seriously encouraged that the, whoever owned this sell it because they wanted to get the fuck out of that contract. <laughs> That's incredible. So don't make us do this. So so do we think was Affleck the Freddie Prince Jr. character and Damon was the Lillard character, or it's no, the other again, way around? No, uh, Damon is is Ryan Dunn, and okay. I think Affleck again is the the kind of loser friend. He's the really? guy who's like, we matter, we matter. So hey, do you want to do Goodwill Hunting, but instead of being like a math genius, you're uh, I don't know, like a baseball player. He's good with angles. Same deal, you know. Yeah, definitely. 
so he goes to the airport, stops Tenley from getting on the plane, says, I love her. And she's like, wait, what? He's like, I love you. And she's like, I love you. And that's when she goes, let's be together. Then let's be together. Fred Ward rolls up with John C. McGinley. And he's like, guess what? This guy loves you. And he wants to sign you to a minor league contract. And on the spot, he is signed to the Phillies minor league system. Let's go. I mean, good for him. You know, good for him. McGinley knows talent when he sees it. It's been in this game a long time. I mean, he was I mean, super hesitant to tell Hank Aaron the guy's name, even though you could just find that out very easily. <laughs> it's on the scoreboard. Yeah. Who is well, this? Guy? I mean, it, uh, oh, this guy? Nobody. Don't, don't you dare snake my pick, Hank Aaron, you <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> don't you worry about him, Henry. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, what, what, what is, is McGinney, is, is it his job to make it easier for the other scout to find him? Come on. God, I can't blame him. Damn it, Hank. We've been through this. <laughs> You're stealing my guys, you scumbag. Uh, so that's the movie. How many beers are required? We'll start with Captain Cash. Brother, this this is not good. It, I just like I, I I try to like have a good time with these things and, and generally enjoy myself. But at 108 minutes, let's call it 100 minutes. Of actual of actual movie minus the the eight minutes of credits, boy, this is three maybe four. Apparently, and, uh, there's like, an uh, after credit scene which I didn't stick around for. <laughs> I did not, uh, and I think my my money for renting it or my my twenty four hours to watch it is now expired. So I guess I'll never know. <laughs> That's one of life's great mysteries. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean. It's for I'll you know what Lillard is doing a lot with not very much so one enjoyment beer for Lillard three pain beers the rest of the way because oh boy like the multiple declarations of love that happened throughout this film like what it's a lot man it is it's a lot uh Blake, like, Blake I feel like because again. You are the softest of us. I think this one got to you. I think this one tugged on your heartstrings. Of course it did. It's it's a heartwarming story. It's baseball. It's summer. It's cutting grass. I mean, come on. This is the American way. This is amazing. Poor guy. Shore Road Princess. It's a match made in, in Boston, the Cape what, Heaven. What what if what if Billy Joel's uptown girl was like a baseball movie. <clears throat> that. <laughs> Why not? It's fine. It's lawnmower boy. It is, it, it is every bit of four beers. Too pain, too enjoyment. It's, it's fine. Watch it again. You love it. Brittany Murphy's great. Matthew Lillard's great. She has very little to do aside from essentially be a prostitute who doesn't like get Dee Dee. paid. <laughs> I like Dee Dee. Uh, I gotta say, uh, in high school, I loved this movie. Uh, a buddy of mine and I would watch this a lot. Really, knowing, knowing full well it was it was not very good, but we really enjoyed it. And in revisiting it, oh, I couldn't have been more wrong. I this did not like, know uh, this movie existed until I was made to watch it. For this, this is a podcast. very Prometheus scenario for me. Like we were so wrong. <laughs> 
this is three pain beers and and i'll give the one enjoyment beer for for matthew lillard who is carrying a lot of water here and i love fred ward i don't care i'll i'll watch him in anything he's and ken griffey jr hitting a home run well and again and then you broke the bobblehead and ruined his career because essentially it was a voodoo doll so probably he's still the highest paid player on the reds still man i gotta tell you i grew up in the 80s and 90s watching cincinnati sports and you wonder why i don't give a shit about it anymore (laughs) it it uh tears away at your soul yeah yeah it does like sort of like the buffalo bills uh so that takes us into our first break and when we come back we've got some lingering questions about summer catch i don't think that we have that many questions (laughs) there's questions damn it Hello and welcome back to the 217th episode of Hops and Box Office Slaps, where we are discussing our first bombcom, Summer Catch. We've got some lingering questions about this uh, movie, this steaming pile of a turd of a movie that's the size of a pitcher's mound. And the first being, considering the absolute avalanche of awful rom-coms in the late 90s, early 2000s, was that the clearest sign that we were in the darkest timeline? I'm not saying... Definitely not, but it, I mean, you know, I, I think maybe. there were I think there were warning <laughs> signs that we were going down a tragic path in this country <laughs> with the with the amount of romantic comedies starring Freddie Prince Jr. that were just being shoveled at us. But <laughs> this is not that bad of a movie. I mean, agreed, it's not good, but stop! You guys are acting like this thing created a black hole. I mean, I, I don't know, Blake. I don't know, man. This movie is depressing. I can't believe what? I watched it as much as I did in high school. What is depressing about this? A, a lot. It is, it's a happy ending for everybody. It's so poorly written. Oh, it's wow. tough. It's t- it's a tough rewatch. All right, come on. The stuff you love and tell me that this is poorly written. All right, fine. Go on to the next question. All right. Our second question. This is an important one. Is where does Freddie Prince Jr.'s Ryan Dunn rank on the fictional pitcher scale? I have him pretty low. I'd even put him below Rigma from Rookie of the Year. You know the the guy who is now the the coach, the bench coach of the Cubs, but being the manager in in minor leagues, I would put him. <laughs> Wasn't below, that Daniel Stern? <laughs> yes, I'd put him below Doc from Major League Three. Yeah, the slow, the slow pitching knuckler. Don't you think he's even behind? Uh, who's the the old pitcher in Major League One? Oh, he's a hundred percent behind Eddie Harris. Are you kidding me? Vagisil, yeah. Bardall. Uh, <laughs> anyone who's named that inch or two off your curveball. Yeah. And if I, listen, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna put him right at an Ed. Yeah, <laughs> they're watching right at an Ed. He's <laughs> as good as that monkey. That monkey played shortstop. He did, yeah. Uh, Didn't Matt LeBlanc pitch? Yeah, that was what it was. Yeah. Uh, Crap. He's he's definitely below Nuke. He's below whoever Brendan Fraser played in the scout. Okay, now I can't get I can't get on board with that. That movie is so ludicrous. He throws he's gonna throw a perfect game with 27 strikeouts. Right. So you're saying that that Freddie Prince Jr. is better than him? They both have terrible mechanics, but at least this movie has like an air of believability to it 
because in that movie he's like i'm gonna abandon my perfect game to maybe jump off the top of yankee stadium <laughs> is he better or worse than rosenbagger oh Ro- yeah and rosenbagger. uh <laughs> i think he's worse also terrible mechanics but he's got that weird funky arm thing funky butt loving <laughs> yeah lets him throw hard i i can't goes away I, though all he's got all he's got at the end is the floater He's one of the least charismatic and least likable fictional pitchers I can think of. I guess I'd put him above Van Lemer because that guy really sucked. He had the flame glove, which is so lame. Don't be that guy. He's the Guy Fieri of amateur baseball league pitchers. Yeah, he takes you to strikeout town and then which is is mean because I really like Guy Fieri. I don't, I don't, I don't stand by people shitting on Guy Fieri. He didn't do anything to anybody. He's I mean, you did model your entire like style Persona. after his, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. You're always those wearing frosted those, tips, those like t-shirts. Look, like a guy was like practicing electrician skills while drinking electric lemonade. You you made some style choices and you stuck to them. I respect that. Okay, hey man. So I'll I'll give him like he's like a distant, not last because I put him above Shoop from Major League Two, who's like just a random character they added because they couldn't get the guy who played Ed Harris back. <laughs> so he's not last, but he's he's pretty damn close. Now, this is a question I enjoy because this movie's so stupid. I was thinking about other things quite a bit throughout. But of the big name actors in the movie, which one could you simply only see as a character from a totally different movie? For example, you see Brian Dennehy and you're like, oh, that's the prick sheriff from Rambo or First Blood. First of all, when I see Brian Dennehy, he's always Tommy's dad from Tommy Boy. There you go. Uh, see, so that's a good example, yeah. right? And but, shockingly, even he was rolling bones in the dugout this entire movie, and he didn't have a heart attack. Just smoking, no just chain smoking through every just darts the entire time. But the answer to your question is Wilmer Valderrama. Is oh yeah, Fez. that's a good one. Always. That's a good yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, that's tough. That's a good one. But Ward is always the guy from Tremors. Every time I see him, also more than yeah. Remo. Yep. Yeah, and I mean like, Tremors is so rememberable. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And like Mrs. Griswold, Beverly D'Angelo, also a big. Oh one, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like there are so many, and and like John C. McGinty, like had this thing for however long it was from like the mid nineties to mid two thousands before he got scrubs where he was just doing these little bit character pieces. And like that, that the guy just has such a distinct look. He doesn't work as a character actor. Cause you're always like, why does this man look like this? He, he's not an every man in the way that you need those characters to be. I agree. I like him. And, and I do. Just oh, no, see I think him he's as, great. Don't get me yes, wrong. The doctor from scrubs, but yeah, the one for me, and I can never see this guy as anything else, is uh, Bruce Davison, Senator Kelly from X-Men. Every time oh. I see him, yeah. I imagine him just turning into a ball of water. <laughs> He's yeah. getting real angry about what? mutants. When I can't wait for that to happen in this movie, in fact. He, so sticks, that's fair. he sticks his rubbery face through the jail cell, <laughs> yeah. through, the, through the bars. That's all I can ever see him as, is he when he shows up on out. the beach naked and just like, just <laughs> turns to water. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's good. Every time. I like when I, when you were asking this, I was like, I, I wanted to say Matthew Lillard, but the problem is 
Matthew Lillard is just Matthew Lillard in everything. Yeah. So you can't like pen or peg him for one of his characters because they're all the same character. I mean, Stu from Scream. Yeah. I always, it's going to be a scream. I, I think about that a lot. Like those, the the two villains in, in the original Scream are so good. Well, and the, yeah. the rest of the movies never top that. I feel like yeah. you're not giving enough gravitas or weight to hacking the planet. <laughs> yeah. When he's rollerblading, baby. It's rollerblading everywhere. Uh, and lastly, and this is a, another very important question. Does Ryan Dunn end up marrying Tenley after making the majors or does he ditch her for a Victoria's Secret model with a cocaine addiction? I don't understand why that's not a both scenario. Oh, maybe it is both. Yeah. It, he wouldn't be the first major league dude to, to break up with his wife that he brought with him to the show. I feel like there's no way they make it. It's like, hey, remember when you almost dumped me because you said I was a summer fling? Now I'm dating the model. Ta-ta. Ta-ta, Tenley. No, they're staying together out of spite for both of them. Then she gets on, you know, she gets in her car after like she's going to close a big deal at her at her uncle's PR firm in San Francisco. And she's like, I'm hopping a charter flight. She's like, let's be together. And he's let's like, let's be together. You're right. I should have never left you for that cocaine addicted Victoria's Secret model. <laughs> Summer catch too. Coming to theaters near you in 2024. Yeah. This stuff writes itself. So. <laughs> It kind of feels like this movie did. <laughs> no, Man, it a, feels it just feels like no one was writing this movie. This That's hot, why it feels that way. This was a hot project, guys. Hot. Okay. I heard I heard Matt, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck are yeah. attached to, to be to star. That's right. Yeah. So next time you want to make fun of Summer Catch, just know it could have been a wildly different and probably markedly better film. Okay, my question. Does this get better if you get Affleck and Damon? I don't think it does. You know what? I just say throw them in there as the two buddies. And it's just like, holy shit, what are they doing here? And it's already a better movie. Oh, I mean, that would be the perfect like Matt Damon cameo out of nowhere that he loves to do. Well, didn't they like win the Oscar like the year before? Well, that was was close. It was like late 90s. Yeah, Yeah, it was late 90s. So. As soon as they won that Oscar, there's no way they're doing this script. No. <laughs> so, all right. That's going to take us to our second break. And when we come back, we've got our competitive portion of the pod with the Princess of Shore Road Trivia Challenge. Hello and welcome back. This is our 217th episode of Hops and Box Office Flops. We are talking summer catch and we are on to the Shore Road Princess Trivia Challenge. Tonight, gentlemen, we've got the standard five-question multiple-choice format quiz, and you'll be playing for all of the mascot costumes Tenley's sister wore during the film. Amazing. I think this would be a very big score for Captain Cash. I can put those to use. Don't even worry about it. So to chime in, say either, Clammy the Clam, don't get steamed, or the Big Bad Brew is back, or she made the grapes disappear. Or any one of the pod standards. Gentlemen, are we ready? I'd like a cucumber salad, please. (laughs) Cucumber salad, for one. (laughs) I'd prefer used cucumber. Yes, please. Seasoned. Number one. As mentioned, Summer Catch finished sixth 
in its opening weekend. Which of these films did it actually top that weekend? Is it A, American Pie 2? How old do you feel now, guys? Is it B, Rat Race? Is it C, The Others? Or is it D, The Princess Diaries? Claim me the clam. Don't get steamed. Oh, Blake Blake. I'm going to go with The Others. Incorrect. Damn it. So I know American Pie 2 was out then. But American Pie 2 was successful. But it could just be that it was like on the end of its legs. We did not talk enough about how they just whole cloth stole the idea of Stifler's mom for this. So it's it is a combination of Stifler's mom, but also a total ripoff of Susan Sarandon from Bull Durham. Bull Durham. Yeah, fair. And also a little bit of Mrs. Robinson. Yes. So I'm going to say American Pie 2, knowing that I actually I haven't watched those movies in a while. Maybe we should revisit them. But I did really like them when they came out. American Pie. Incorrect. It Damn. was The Princess Diaries. Really? What? American Pie 2 a... was in its third weekend. Finished first. Uh, okay. Fair Rat right. Race finished just above this movie in its second weekend. And if you've never seen Rat Race, oh boy, <laughs> that's a movie. That's a movie. Um, the Others in its third weekend. Princess Diaries in its fourth weekend. Okay. So we're at zeros, as if Van Lemer is pitching, we're at zeros. And number two, in 2008, the Chatham A's changed their name from the Athletics to this. Is it A, the Anglers? Is it B, the Albacores? Is it C, the Angelfish? Or is it D, the Ants? Same the claim, don't get steamed. Captain Cash. It's the Anglers. I actually, I know this one. It is the Anglers, and they did so because in 2008, Major League Baseball announced that it would enforce its trademarks and required any CCBL team, that's the Cape Cod Baseball League, who shared a nickname with an MLB team to either change their nickname or buy all their uniforms and merchandise through only MLB licensed vendors. Well, that's dumb. Well, I mean, well, the yeah. Anglers, though, right? Makes I sense. think that's a better name. Cape. Um, well, yeah, yeah. You know, the athletics is you associate that with Oakland, and the teams are not even remotely connected. So, yeah, I like the anglers. I think it's great. I also like that when the sister decides she's going to make a costume that's the spirit of this town, she's just a drunk, drunk fisherman, angry fisherman <laughs> with a pension for fighting. <laughs> you get the sense that. Maybe the the former Chatham A's saw that and were like, we just do the thing from the movie. Why not? Angler. Probably, yeah. It'll work. I mean, I assume it's... Ah, it's fuck either, it. Let's go have some beers. Is it a fisherman or is it an angler fish? I think it was the a- angler of the fisherman. Okay. Yeah, I, I, it's a fishing rod is their thing. By the way, do you know how hard it is to come up with A animal names? And have them be fish related. That would sound at all plausible. <laughs> Aardvark, angel, angelfish. Yeah. Like albacore. I, I mean, I, I hit angelfish, albacore, and angler. And I was like, I guess ants. I guess. I guess ants. Yeah. The ants. Yeah. yeah. All right. So it is one nothing, Captain Cash. We're on to number three. Freddie Prince Jr. and Matthew Lillard were on the cusp of being the next Damon and Affleck. 
co-starring in a host of movies. Of their collaborations, which of these was not one of them? Is it A, Wing Commander? Is it B, She's All That? Is it C, Head Over Heels? Or is it D, Scooby-Doo? And yes, we all know that's not the right answer. Yeah, all right. So I'm going to shoot. Setting that one aside. Oh, Blink Blake, Snakes, Captain Cash. I don't think he's in She's All That. Incorrect. Yes, he is. He's the guy that was on The Real World that steals his girlfriend. God damn it. <laughs> okay, I know they're in Wing Commander. So yeah. whatever the last one is. Correct. It is Head Over Heels. Head Over okay. Heels. I didn't yeah. know what that one was. Uh, dude, I cannot believe you bought She's All That. Give it to me, baby. Give it to me, baby. Yeah. <laughs> that's my yeah. song. Damn it. Oh, it's been a minute. It's dude, been a minute. That's rough. Uh, fun fact. Freddie Prinze Jr. and Matthew Lillard are still very close friends to this day. But when they did all these films together, Freddie Prinze Jr. used to play a prank on Matthew Lillard where he would go into his trailer, he'd sneak into his trailer, take a shit, not flush, and then turn the heat all the way up. (laughs) So when when Lillard got back to his trailer, it would just smell like hot poo. (laughs) And then he he never knew who was doing it. (laughs) That is how you know. Freddie Prince Jr. is actually pretty fucking funny. It's pretty funny. 10 for 10, Freddie Prince. I really like Freddie Prince Jr. I know I kind of made fun of him as an actor because a lot of his movies are really bad, but he's a huge wrestling fan. He actually wrote for WWE for a few years and was like an acting coach for the wrestlers. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like he's had a really interesting career. All right. So Bling Blake, even though it is two to nothing, you're not out of this yet because I have a bonus question right now. How much did Wing Commander gross total? Closest to the number gets it. How much oh. did Wing Commander gross total? The worst part is I definitely saw it in theaters because I played the game. I mean, I had that game. I had the I had game. The cat people. Yeah. I yeah. did not get yeah. And Mark Hamill. Was it oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. I don't know. 5.3 million. 5.1 million. One, you dickbag. <laughs> no. okay. okay. Bling Blake, you get it. It was 11.6. Oh, oh wow. wow. Way yeah. to go. So it More is than two this to movie. one. Yeah. Two to one. Well, slightly less. This made like 19. Yeah. Two to one heading in to question number four, which is the Cape Cod Baseball League has featured some great players. They even named a batting award for this longtime Major League Baseball player, is it A. Thurman Munson? Is it B. Lance Berkman? Is it C. Glenn Davis? Or is it D. Mark Sweeney? I uh, I don't know anything about sports, so I'm just going to jump on this one. Okay, Captain K. C. It is not Glenn Davis, although he is entering the CCBL Hall of Fame this year. Oh, that's close. That was, good. That was as good as I was going to do. All right, Bling Blake, you've got A, Thurman Munson, B, Lance Berkman, D, Mark Sweeney. Let's take one of the killer Bs, man. Let's go with Berkman. Oh, dude, no. Uh, it was Thurman Munson. Munson? Yeah. I, got mun- I, really, I really Munsoned myself on that Really one. Munsoned it. In 1967, he batted 420 and was the league's MVP. I was hoping it was going to be like a, like, like a recent player to – Reignite interest in the Cape Cod Baseball League. He's got to be the best player in history to come from from the Cape Cod Baseball League. 
Thurman Munson? Yeah. Okay. Don't mm-hmm. fret. You've got one question left. And you can still tie this, which means obviously Captain Cash would probably want to get pick of the litter in terms of the mascot costumes, but you'd still get a couple. So, okay. I'm going to fully embrace my fursona. Let's do this thing. Yeah. Let's go. Uh, Clammy the clam coming at you. (laughs) (laughs) Don't get steamed. Uh, So here it is. Number five in the mid two thousands, Freddie Prinze jr. Starred in the ill fated sitcom, Freddie, which of these fellow ABC series did it do crossover episodes with is it a eight simple rules is it b george lopez is it c cavemen or is it d hope and faith is caveman the the one with the geico cavemen yes it was the geico cavemen can you believe that got a friggin show yeah speaking of the darkest timeline that's yeah that's the purest indicator Mm -hmm. wow um you know, uh, same the claim, don't get steamed. I'm going to guess, because it's both named after somebody, somebody's actual name, George Lopez show, Freddie Prince show. They're like, ah, there's some synergy here. That one, George wow. Lopez. I like your powers of deduction because you are correct, which means you win oh my God. the costumes. And I just Damn want, it. I used to watch George Lopez religiously in 2006 when this aired and this episode is titled george gets cross over freddie and here's the angle angie and george believe max's online girlfriend is in fact a child predator and george sets out to trap him it's actually freddie prince's niece there's a whole thing he shows up at his apartment wow that is so so I guess Freddie Prince Jr. didn't have script approval on on a show that bore his name. Yeah, so the that episode is the George Lopez episode, and then there's another one where it turns out Max and and Freddie Prince's niece are just not meant to be. So yeah. sad. Yeah. So you know, tragically. But anyways, Captain Cash should be dressed at the next Comic Con like the drunk sailor from Cape Cod. I mean, that's basically what I do anyway in just various states of costume. Now, now I'll at least be able to do the accent. Oh, great. We're going to do an accent again? Perfect. Today's going to suck. I mean, accents. How do they work? <laughs> uh, you know, listen, Benoit Blanc is perfectly fine to do for an extended period of time. You got to do... What's his name? Mr. Indiana Jones. Dad. Oh, yeah. he's, he's Sean Connery. Yeah, you got to Sean Connery it up. It's Dude. only fair I get to Benoit Blanket. Yeah. I could barely stand up that day. Yeah, he was really putting in the work as who we thought he'd pass out to <laughs> <during> blood. Sweating. <laughs> I sweat <laughs> all over San Diego. You know I mean, what we yeah. should do? Yeah. Drink too much and then give blood. And then, and then drink give, more. That's definitely give, responsible. Give Bling a three-piece tweed suit and paint his beard silver like he's been fucking sucking off RoboCop. Just inhaling <laughs> inhaling the same fumes that killed the Tin Man. Oh. oh. All right. So, But you got to do the accents all day, so how bad could it have yeah. been? Come on. Don't be a baby. Uh, Somebody call me an ambulance. <laughs> 
uh, all right, you're an Suddenly ambulance. I remember now what? <laughs> All right, let's do our recommendations. Uh, Bling Blake, your Bengals lost today. Cheer, oh. cheer yourself up with a nice recommendation. Uh, this one's not that new, but it does star somebody that we mentioned several times on the podcast tonight, and that is Matt Damon. Um, it's Downsizing, which is on Netflix right now. It's probably uh. leaving soon, but it's basically the, the premise of the movie is that uh, that Matt Damon and his wife they there's technology that exists that allows you to live as a five inch tall person. And so if you have retirement of like a hundred G's, you can live like a millionaire for the rest of your life because you don't require as many resources. Uh, and there's whole communities and colonies of people and yeah. Hijinks ensue. I believe that was directed by Alexander Payne. I think you're right with that. Who did sideways and mm-hmm. his new movie, the leftovers is supposed to be really good the holdovers holdovers yeah leftovers is the one with uh uh yeah him thoreau yeah. but uh yeah it's supposed to be really good and uh i'm gonna try and see it because i i love giamatti except and, when he's the rival yeah a giamatti doing uh an eccentric crazy angry boarding school professor is perfect he's gonna be fantastic seems very perfect uh yeah. Oh yeah, I did. I saw that come across on Netflix the other day. I haven't seen it. I might check that it, out. It's really good. Uh, I I really liked it. You know, and people that you know show up throughout it. Uh, what's his name from uh, the 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 Inglorious Bastards and uh, Django, the German guy, Christoph Waltz. Christoph Waltz. Thank you. Yeah, he's fantastic in it. Uh, Kristen Wiig is in it. Um, Jason Sudeikis shows up. There's a lot of great actors. It's fun. Check it out. Okay, Captain Cash, what do you have for us? Uh, so what have I been up to? Fuck. Uh, I've just been putting all my cards on Boulder's Gate right now. But we have been revisiting the X-Files. Uh, it's like a warm, comfy blanket. I uh, watched an episode the other night where it was just basically... What if Mulder and Scully were present during John Carpenter's The Thing? So, I mean, where's the time? If you ain't seen seen The X-Files in a while, go revisit it. Okay, so my recommendations are twofold. I rented a recent Nicolas Cage film with very similar quality to this. It's called The Retirement Plan, where a retired assassin, that being Nicolas Cage, is forced back into action to save his estranged daughter, and it was it was fine. He was funny in it. Uh, he was going cage, doing cage. You know, it was not a great movie, but Ron Perlman was also in it. Jackie Earl Haley was in it. So there were some redeeming qualities. Uh, our boy Ernie Hudson was in it. Yeah, but it felt very VOD for sure. Like it it was cheap and it had a couple fun little moments. Uh, I would wait till it's free. I, I rent it for like six bucks or something, but I'm a sucker for Cage. So, you know. And then, uh, as I said, Tolan directed that 30 for 30, Small Potatoes, Who Killed the USFL. So why not? Why not check it out? It's it's good. It's free if you have ESPN+. Plus. It shows you a lot of what we, anyone who's sane understands about Donald Trump as a human being is that he is just loud brash and hopelessly incompetent 
and it basically led to the much earlier demise of this football league. By the way, this football league had very talented players in it. Uh, Jim Kelly started in the USFL, Steve Young, Herschel Walker. There was legit players who were getting paid more to play in the USFL, which was a spring league, than they were to play in the NFL. And part of the reason they go bankrupt is because Trump insists they should take the NFL head on and move to the fall. He then sues the NFL for being a monopoly. And let me tell you how that goes, because (laughs) not well, but watch it. It's interesting. He does interview Trump in the movie and he comes across as we all generally see him as an asshole. So So there's that. But it's good. I, I mean, 30 for 30s are so well done generally that I think you'll enjoy it if you if you like sports history. So remember, you can find the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Hops and Beal Flops. You can find myself on Twitter at WriterTLK. Captain Cash or Clammy the Clam can be found at C-A-P-T-C-A-S-H on most social media. Chumpzilla, who was not with us tonight, can be found at Chumpzilla8 on Twitter. And Bling Blake can be found at Bling Blake on Twitter. McCheese, unfortunately, died doing a cartwheel on stage like Dennehy and Tommy Boy. So he's he's dead. And uh, rest him. Yeah, he'll probably be back though. I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. If you enjoy the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe, and connect with us on social media to share ideas for future episodes. In the end, listeners, remember one thing. If you want big rewards, you got to take big risks. We'll see you next week for our second installment of BombComs when we've got a piper down. We've got a piper down. With So I Married an Axe Murderer. Oh, McCheese's head is so large. I bet he's going to cry himself to sleep on a wee pillar. It looks like an orange on a toothpick. You want to talk about ruining the night with accents. You're letting me do so I married an axe murderer. You're all in big, big trouble. Uh, Listen, we'll all just Shrek it up the entire time. Perfect. Donkey!